Welcome to Conspiracy of Light, a podcast about Babylon 5, and we're we're running through every episode, basically. We're talking about each episode, and joining me on this amazing journey is the one and only Mr. Josue Cardona. Hello, Woody. Hello, I Josue. It, I think it's a good idea to go through every episode. Would it make sense to just skip around? <laughs> it would be really strange. <laughs> Today, we're going to watch fifth season, episode nine. And then next time we're like, today we're watching episode two in the third season. Yeah, No rhyme, no sense. reason. We're just doing this thing. I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> All right. So today so, we're talking about TKO, yep. which I can't decide whether it's an episode I like or an episode I don't like. There's some really good things about it and some things that I don't quite get into. I mean, I'm not a boxing fan in the first place, so that makes it a little harder. But there's a two-pronged story going on here, at least. So there's a lot of things to kind of hang on to and get your teeth into. So it does have some life to it for me. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I'm going to start off with the one question, my my WTF uh, moment of the episode. Excellent. What did <laughs> Ivanova see? What? She had a vision of her father speaking to her? Uh, not so much a vision. Um, she was remembering, uh, remembering what? what happened to her. Like she, if you'll remember the episode, and I can't remember the name of the episode right now, but it's the episode where her father died and she was using a gold channel and she was trying to get through to her dad who was back on earth and he was in, you know, he's in intensive care and basically dying and he finally gets through to him. She, she finally gets through to him and those are his dying words to her. And so, when at the end there, she's just remembering all this. It's just all coming back to her. Man, I did not remember that at all. Maybe it's because we, two weeks between watching every episode. But that, it didn't. That could like, be. Like she's, she's standing there watching the rabbi leave, and all of a sudden, I, so you're saying it's a memory. I yes. believe you. Yes. I was like, what, what, just, what, just, what just happened? How am, I, how am I supposed to remember or know? Like, if I had not watched the episode. Where, where this happened, which I it's all like I did because I don't remember it happening. Uh, how would I possibly know that's what just happened? It's like she just, you she just, I know. I mean, it was so strange. Babylon 5 is not meant to be watched in single episodes. It's still, I, I had no idea what was happening. And so, even I mean, if, even if you're watching it in, in when it's coming on TV, so it's coming on every week, right? You'd still yeah. be back a little ways from that, that episode. It's just I don't I don't know I saw that I, I don't maybe it was me maybe I wasn't paying attention and it was very clear but it was not clear to me I just kept thinking what just happened and remember this is Babylon Five it's a sci-fi show it's in hundreds sure. of years in the future so I'm thinking whoa and it has lots mom. of weird spiritual stuff that go on in it and so it, it's easy to kind of think that maybe something is Dad speaking to her from the grave well what I thought was oh her mom was a psychic. Maybe she's psychic, and her powers are starting to uh, like, okay. like appear, but it's it's not that at all. It's just it's just a memory. Right. It's just a flashback kind of thing. Cause she's she's looking at uh, Uncle Yossel or Yossel. I can't remember his name. He's, she's looking at her uncle leaving, and she's just kind of having this sudden like flash of memory of dad, and she suddenly realizes that she really does need to grieve the loss of her father. That makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my only uh, issue with the 
With it. Well, that was the thing that I was confused about. But overall, I did not enjoy the episode. I mean, even even with that cleared up at the end, I was uh, I was still not confused, but I I was asking myself, what just happened? <laughs> it felt very. And was it because of that moment, or is there something more going on in this episode that just didn't catch your attention or sent you in the wrong direction, or? So it was a story. It was two people's stories. Right. One was Ivanova's. Yes. And the other one was Walker Smith. Walker Smith. <laughs> who 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 like we'll probably never see again and never saw before this. They spent True. a lot of time and there there didn't even feel it didn't feel like a like an important event. Like him getting accepted and opening the door for humans here after apparently other aliens saw it as uh colonialism, cultural yeah. appropriation. Yeah. And then he, like, he didn't win, but he, but he won, <laughs> and the humans won again. And right, like, it's, we triumph over the over the the deadlock that aliens have created for us. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, they tried to be anti-human, and we showed them. And, and let's also make note that Walker Smith often refers to the people that he's fighting as snakeheads. Snakeheads, what? So he's, he's got a racist bent to him, and Garibaldi didn't do anything to clear that up. And maybe that's just not the kind of relationship they have. Maybe Garibaldi, well, Garibaldi has some racism also, you know. Um, uh, But still, it's just kind of like, what? Yeah, I, I, I didn't really totally get it. I liked some of the characters. I didn't really like Walker Smith. Um. Now, to play devil's advocate, if the message was, hey, you can't just barge in here and do whatever you want, humans, Uh huh. you got to come in here and do it with respect and follow and do it the right our... way. Yeah, and yeah. That's, a, that's a good devil's advocate position. Yeah, but still, I don't, I don't need that. <laughs> it felt like half an episode. Yeah, I'm sad to say wasted. that when I looked ahead, when we were last talking about the last episode— and I looked ahead and saw TKO. I'm like, oh man, doggone it! <laughs> you remember TKO as I as did unfavorably, I, unfavorably. Just well, number one, because I'm not a boxing fan, and I don't really, you know, they, they make this big deal of Muay Thai be about being about respect and being about, you know, and almost like they're almost treating it like revered martial arts on Earth. But at the same time, there's nothing to it. There's one ritual to it. There's no discussion of the meaning behind the Muay Thai and why it's so important to people and why it's so important to these these various cultures that attach themselves to it. Um, you know, it's definitely or, one of those spaces where Earthers know, the rest of us, yes, we can all kind of agree we're on the same page and you guys are the colonialists and you guys suck, we're not going to let you in. And I thought even with the threats he was facing, you know, he almost should have like some situation where he faces off somebody, you know, while he's walking around the Zocalo or something. Never happened. It was kind of like all these things were dead issues. Yeah, the guy who brought it up got knocked out with one punch, and we never saw him again. Yeah, it, it it's it's a really poor story. I'm sorry to say, and I'm just gonna say it and then walk away. Okay. The sayer looked and sounded like a Buddhist Chinese martial arts stereotypical master from. Movies yes. of the era. Yes, he did. Yes, it was. Even a though he's bit an alien. A, what do they call that? Uh, uh, 
it's an exploitation uh, sort of genre, but I can't, I don't, yeah, you know, typical martial arts kind of thing going on. Yeah. I don't know if but it was just a, like a matter of we need to put something in here to flesh out this, this moment of Ivanova's story, but yeah. it doesn't, even the back and forth between the two, like the juxtaposition of the two things going on, so she's strange. sitting Shiva <laughs> while he's getting beat, beat up. Um, I guess in some sense they're both experiencing some sort of equilibrium at the moment, but I don't I don't see the connection. It was really kind of tough I, for me. You and I have never put so much brain power into trying to justify an episode of Battle <laughs> <Five. laughs> I felt the same way. Like I just finished watching the episode before we started recording, yeah. and I was exhausted by the end. I was like, I'm trying to make a connection here. I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to see exactly. a pattern. No, nothing. I got nothing. Nope. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. The The character of Walker Smith, um, I guess Walker Smith was the original name of Sugar Ray Leonard, but I didn't know that. Uh, but Walker Smith, um, you know, he talks about being framed and his, his pictures being doctored and all these different things. And I, I thought at least this is maybe an opportunity to talk about the way that technology has come so far forward that we can pretty much put anybody in a movie now at any age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or put you in the movie twice at different ages. Like Gemini Man. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the trailer for that? I I've seen the I've seen uh, I've seen bits of the trailer. I, the movie's yeah. not out yet, right? No, no, it's yeah. not out yet. No. But I mean, given that, <laughs> knowing that that exists, I'm expecting that the new Matrix is going to have something akin to that. Um, well, Keanu Reeves doesn't need it because he hasn't aged. <laughs> he is Moss from another is planet. Carrie Ann Moss and Lawrence, Fish, uh, Lawrence Fishburne are going to need it. Yeah. Hugo Weaving, yeah. maybe not. Yeah, Hugo's another no-age guy, I think. Yeah. Well, he already aged, right? I think he's done aging. Well, I mean, like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> it doesn't look yeah. like much age has happened. Oh no, I disagree. The, oh yeah, the the Picard trailer. Yeah, he looks really. Oh, there's old. some times that he does, yeah, because yeah. he's keeping the beard. Uh yeah, he's still, he look like around the eyes and stuff like yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the Muay Thai. <laughs> yeah, there was there was no there was like there was nothing of importance discussed. Like it wasn't even a story of a man trying to find redemption or a fighter who was looking for that last hurrah it was like no man i want to fight in the like nobody else is gonna let me fight so i'm gonna fight here i'm gonna fight once and then i'm gonna leave and there's no reason for it like there's no we didn't see how it was a success or how it was a win for him personally we didn't see how it was a win for humanity we didn't see how it was a win politically for babylon 5 it didn't affect Garibaldi any in any way, and the other the other uh, alien who helped him out, mm-hmm. that was he was such a uh, uh, like Deus ex machina. He just came in, came with a solution, and then he just stood around like like a cheerleader and had like there was no. I was always expecting like, oh like what are what are his intentions? What is he gonna do? What was his plan all along? Right. There's no plan. There's nothing. Right. There's, like I feel like something was cut out of here, but there's nothing there. I don't Nothing. know if anything was cut out, but did did the story even give any uh, sense of backstory or, or more meaning to who Garibaldi is? No, no, not at all. I mean, like, we know that I, they met under the pretense of a fight, him and Walker Smith. 
But beyond that, they're old friends, et cetera, et cetera, shooting the shit, walking I around. I'm going to fight. I no, you're you not going to sh- fight. I'm going to fight. No, you're not going to fight. I'm going to talk about your alcoholism for a moment. Nope, I just drink water now. Uh, and then on to the fight. <laughs> I wish you could hear my shrug. <laughs> <laughs> what is the ha- what is the sound of one host way shrugging? <laughs> yep, for a, v- a very long shrug. <laughs> so I mean, I have nothing else to say about the Walker Smith story. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, it's um. So would you yeah. at least say that the Ivanova story was was worthwhile at all, or or is that also just is this just an empty episode for you? So, so what I don't like about the Ivanova episode is one, like, again, so fine. You explained it. It's a memory. That makes a lot more sense. It was, it, it was colored your experience of it, but up to that point, it, was your experience colored? Uh, well, I'll, I'll get there, right? Like okay. there's that 90 degree, like sharp turn <laughs> of like, that, that I liked it up to that point in the sense that, uh, Actually, no, I didn't like it. <laughs> Let me be clear. There are things that I that I didn't like more than I liked. Okay. Uh, I did like that she was saying, let me grieve my way. Let me do things my way. Leave me alone. Right. I didn't like that these two men were constantly oh. trying to tell her how to grieve. You saw that, that angle that, that way. Yeah. That and was, I didn't I saw see it, it that way. Mm, I was annoyed by that. Okay. Because I didn't see them as helping her. I saw them as being very pushy and trying to impose something on her. Like, Ivanova, we know best for you, right? And, and that's kind of the, the message. I mean, the rabbi at the end, he was like, he's actually very nice. He's like, look, I've got the thing. I'm going to leave. It's fine. He didn't really guilt her into it. He right. could have done more, but he really didn't. And he left and everything was going to be okay. And up to there, I was like, yeah, she stood up to them and yeah. she didn't. And then she took that 90 degree turn <laughs> and she had the Shiva, which is fine. Uh, and and, and uh, Sinclair invited himself to it, which she was okay with. And then I thought she invited surprised, him it turned it. out that she really needed it and it was great for her. I thought she invited him to it. No, no. He said uh, when she went and asked for the time off, he said, granted... He said, and I believe oh, it is customary okay. for uh, friends to attend a shiva, so I'll see you there. He invited himself to it. Wow, you have a much different take on this than I do. Um, yeah, I didn't well, see well, him as me, inviting himself to it. I saw him as sort of asking the question. And, oh, no. <laughs> and so if we didn't have, so you're looking at it from a lens of sort of uh, patriarchy versus Susan kind of thing. And I get not, that. Not totally. even. I get that. The fact that the fact that they're men doesn't didn't really factor into it to me. Like I know I just said it's two men because they had just happened to be two men. Yeah. But I've seen that story play out where it's like the the woman boss is telling her her woman uh, employee that you know she knows what's best because she's older, has more experience, or blah 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 stuff like that. Like I saw it more coming from from that angle than a patriarchal sense. It was just like okay. people imposing themselves on someone. imposing their will. So, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take it this yeah. direction then. You have a client sitting in front of you that is clearly in need of grieving, but there's a block to the grief. Is it your role at all to confront the fact that this person is personally holding back all this grief? Okay, so it's interesting you, you put the question this way because uh, I've been thinking a lot lately about 
how I am as a person and how I am as a teacher and how I am as a therapist. <laughs> All the masks. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, whoa, like I don't even question my role in a certain actions in different roles, but the actions are different depending on the role and the situation. So I think it's unfair that you're asking me as a therapist because it's not the same thing. <laughs> because basically Sinclair is a friend uh, in this situation, although he happens to be her boss. And the rabbi is also like a family friend. Although in his case, if he is a rabbi, then he has like a religious duty yeah. to to at least push in that direction, which bothers me. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> religious pushiness is still pushiness. Um, so so to, to answer your question, uh, it depends why that person is there and... Uh, I don't know. I need more more context, but like if Ivanova came to, I don't know. I didn't feel like Ivanova. We didn't see her struggling, in a way. I didn't see her suffering because of. I didn't see her like not being okay because she wasn't grieving. She was, she was like stoic before her father died. Sure, she's been stoic most of her life. I mean, all she's got to hold on to is yeah. heartache right now. Yeah, like if, but like if she, but I don't think. Like, I don't mean stoic in a negative way. I just mean, like, that's her, and that's what mm. we see. So I didn't see an indication of her needing anything or possibly uh, uh, wanting that or missing that or or gaining benefit from that. That's, that's what bothers me about the episode. Like, if you would have shown me that she wasn't okay and that she – and then she she had the epiphany that, you know what – I think this would do me good. I would feel very different about it, but I didn't see that happen. Well, at no all. one forced her to say, "Uncle Stossel, will they, you sit the, Shiva the with me?" The writers did. The writers' room did. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to take characters as real now, huh? They are just writer creations. Well, it's again, it's a it's a hard, sharp turn <laughs> that happens, and I don't, I, I don't see. Like, she's resistant. Like, why? It's not like Sinclair saw something and then called the rabbi to come help her. It's not like he was trying to do this before. No. It's like Sinclair hadn't even No, she's completely considered like, it. Yeah. All right, she so let's, let's put it this way then. If you know someone hasn't grieved, is is there some reason that they need to grieve? Or can they just go through and just, like... Cut it off completely. That that's that's the end of my emotion. I'm never going to address it again. I'm just going to go through life this way. So I think uh, I don't like your line of question. I think you're simplifying <laughs> things too much. Okay, I apologize. Uh, you, you have to but help okay, me but, not but simplify. I'll bite. I'll bite. I'll bite. Okay. Uh, so I think that people grieve in different ways. Sure. So there's no. I don't think that there's a right or wrong way to do it. Mm. So I think that she could have the indication I got from before, right? Like now I've seen her at the Shiva and I'm like, oh, well, you know, it, it seemed like it did her good. I don't know what effect that's going to have on her afterwards because I don't know what effect it was having on her before. Probably none at all because this episode is probably going to go down in history as nothing that even makes a the ripple in the, in the world of Babylon yep. 5. It's not, it's, eventually, JMS is going to be like, yeah, the episode's not canon. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll tell us from his deathbed, and you will be remembering it at some 
some crucial moment in your life this way. I wouldn't mind it if <laughs> this ended up being the case. Uh, it's like that was the week he was on vacation. Like he wasn't in the writing room and you find out. So nobody, they really call it like, it's like a lost episode that was accidentally broadcast. <laughs> oh, uh, so I think, I think, yeah, I don't think that people have to grieve and I'm, and I'm, 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 putting that in quotation marks in the sense that there is like a process. I don't think there is a process uh, that has to go on. I think that, you know, that can, and that can be a, a slow process. It can be a long process. And so, yeah, I think, I think, I don't think the Shiva was necessary. Okay. Yeah. That's my position. And, and that, that, I mean, I, I guess basically you're challenging a, a basic concept in, in therapy that we have, which is, you know, that we're, we recognize blocks. We try to help the blocks get out of the way, sometimes by confronting the client with a particular point of view to say, yeah, it, it looks like this is going on. Um, that's to, what, to your that's point why about I keep the rabbi, saying. I think, I think perhaps people in religious positions and people in therapy positions are very similar people at times, just a little bit. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get help for that. I don't think, this is why I don't think that uh, if I have a, like there was no indication of it before. Okay. Like if I was her therapist, how would I know that that was something that was going on or something that uh, I okay. might be able okay. to help with? So the, right? the writer needed There's, to basically ask, uh, add something that would show that she was struggling with something. Yeah. Rather than just because laying in her room reading Harlan Ellison's book. Does that seem like a problem? No. <laughs> Is that a symptom? No, right. It's, yeah. It's, like I don't see not, anything. I mean, you're right. It, it, there's nothing yeah. to indicate. That there is any issue here, I totally. She get wasn't. That. She wasn't. You know, she wasn't slacking at her job. No, she didn't. Like, she didn't even take off time. She was like a great employee. She's highly ranked. Like, she's respected. There's no indication of anything going like of her needing the rabbi or needing a Sinclair or needing a therapist in this sense. Again, like that's why. In therapy, that was one of the things that was always uh, there was such a big difference between working in a in a, uh, a clinic and working in private practice. Sure. Where many times the people in the clinic were there and they didn't want to be there. Yeah. And and the people uh, in private practice always like they wanted to be there. So like in private practice, someone would come and say, "My father died. I think I need to like grieve, but I don't know how, and I think it's affecting me." Yeah. Versus somebody comes to you and you know their father died and maybe that's not the problem right like the the biggest issue in their life right now right but but because i believe in you know the five stages of grief or something mm -hmm. and then i'm like imposing well you know we should really talk about your grief and you know and the kids like well actually i'm getting bullied at school and that's the 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 big problem but sure let's talk about my grief <laughs> It's a delicate. It's a delicate dance. It is. It is, and it's it's not easy to sort of uh, be the lighted clearing for someone to uh, present themselves into, and not do it in a way that's uh, that's forceful or coercive. So you're asking me a lot of questions. What is your view on all of this? So, and and I'll admit that I am uh, probably coming from a, a, a semi-biased perspective. So. Uh, having seen, so I, I, I kind of retroactively say, okay, having seen her at the Shiva, having seen her 
have a fall apart moment where clearly some some block was breaking up, you know, in the in the psychological sort of psychodynamic sense of what blocks are. Um, it seemed to me at that point that okay, yeah, this was something she needed, and I was able to sort of say okay, whether or not I I mean I didn't think about it this way, but whether or not I saw it before, I could see that this was all leading to kind of like clearly everyone's trying to help Ivanova clear the way for her grief. Um, even if she doesn't know it's there. And as someone who goes through therapy, someone who experiences times where I just don't even know what the hell is blocking me, and somebody points it out and how uh, how sort of uh, sometimes I will come back at a very at it with a very aggressive stance, like I'm like, no, I'm not. That's not that's not true about me. But then after a certain amount of time or after a certain amount of reflection or or maybe even one of those insight shakti pot moments in the therapy session, there'll be this aha moment like, oh, I am this way. I am doing that. Wow. I didn't even know that. That So that unconscious stuff coming up. And so when I see somebody kind of moving somebody in the direction of what I think is the release point, um, I guess I kind of fall into the normal psychodynamic trap of saying they need to release that, even if they're able to show the world that nothing's really impacting them. But would they ever have come to that conclusion if you had never said anything in the first place? Well, I don't know. Hmm. And, I, and I do know that there are there are situations where I see people, you know, I, I'll say this in, in like my own friendship group as well as in therapy sessions, where I see people that, you know, they're, they're doing a really good job of holding it all back. And maybe it's not obvious. And maybe since it's TV... Maybe we should make things more obvious so the audience can actually get a feel for what it is. But I, these things are subtle to me, and I probably just project them onto people in the first place if I'm directed towards projecting it on them, if that makes sense. Yeah, I see, I see where you're coming and from. And I'm programmed. I'm programmed a certain way, and, and you're, you're a really good uh, devil's advocate for trying to break down the structures that we operate in in the first place. And I really appreciate that about you because I would not have thought about it the way that you're thinking about it. Yeah. Which I imagine in the writing in the writer's room, that's kind of, I'm assuming, right? But I, I, can, I can imagine someone saying, you know, we'd never addressed the fact that, that Ivanova's father died. What would be a great way to address that? Oh, well, what if like she... You know, we have her support uh, people coming through and really helping her out and showing her, you know, like how good it is to grieve and, 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 and that she needs it, even though she doesn't realize it right now. Like, that all sounds fine to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but but the reality is and and again, as a, as a therapist, as a teacher, as a as a person, <laughs> it's something that you see over and over again that sometimes people. Not everybody is is going to be uh, responsive, and not everybody is ready. And so, for, and you certainly for can't me, pi- it was, you know pick unripe fruit. That's that's a challenge. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you, yeah. There's a like when you when you take on a role with the intention of helping people. Um, there is like a duty that you feel to do such a thing. And I understand that duty, but I'm—I've always been very 
careful with that duty. Yeah. Very, very, very cautious because I can, I can see it. I can see, I've seen it cause I can't say that it's universally been great <laughs> when one person, uh, tries to help another person because they they think that they know what is best that doesn't always work true yeah. i'll agree with that and yeah. and like i said it's, it's programming i'm i have a psychodynamic background that then yeah. catapults itself into humanistic transpersonal psychology which so i have a certain view of the world in the first place yeah. uh, so yeah. th- that's that's playing havoc with this particular interpretation i think so so I I like this. I like I like um what you're saying because uh there was there was a time when I was studying different philosophies and different uh things, different ways of seeing the world. And there was a a moment where two ideas clashed, which was my ability, my power and my ability and perhaps my responsibility to help other people versus my ability, my duty and my responsibility to help people help themselves. Yeah. And there's a big difference there of like, so in a situation like this, uh, oh, and I ended up flipping. I ended up going from, I can help people to, I can help people help themselves. Okay. Which is, I mean, depending on the, on the context and how you look at it, it can be very different. But I ended up flipping and going to, obviously, <laughs> the side of helping people help themselves. Right. I don't think, like, it even makes me feel uncomfortable, this idea of just because I can help you doesn't necessarily mean that I should or that I will. And and I feel okay with that. But I, you know, like, so so I, I like where this conversation ended up, despite the garbage episode <laughs> that we just saw. <laughs> Because this is this is an interesting conversation, right? Like, it's your we're discussing worldviews uh, and how we completely saw and experienced this episode differently. Yes, you, you know something I'm thinking about. So, I, you know, the the background that I have in in the various uh, therapies that I've studied suggests that we're limited in. Okay, so the first the first premise, humanism, humanistic psychology, is that we are already whole kind of thing. And we know that can't possibly be true because people are becoming, they're not a static entity. And part of the part of the role of therapists, and I've had to struggle with this particular uh, way of looking at the world, part of the role of therapist is to uh, make a path wherever I see a path needs to be made. And it doesn't mean, so you're, you're talking about helping the other person help themselves. That's the goal is to help the other person help themselves but to show them something they might have missed about the path that's around them. So, you know, you're kind of going through a blinders, mm-hmm. and I show you pull off this blinder, pull off this blinder, and you can see a more whole picture. And then you make a decision based on the more whole picture. Now you're helping yourself. But prior to that, um, I'm on the outside looking in, seeing that, well, based on the way you're talking to me and based on the way that you kind of stuttered through that or based on the way, and I understand, Ivana didn't, Ivanova didn't do this, but based on the way that you kind of turned away from that, I'm wondering if there's something here that we need to look at. Because if we're looking at this always becoming thing, people try to hold on to what is and have trouble uh, with opening up to what can be. Uh, I don't know if I'm even explaining this appropriately, 
but I, I get caught on this thing that I learned from reading yeah. Ken Wilber. Yeah. And, and that is the idea that um, there are ceilings that we are working our way towards. And we're, we're, you know, it's kind of a holotropic trip. We're moving towards the hole. But we have to catch ourselves on these moments where the, the, we hit the ceiling. And we have to determine whether or not the ceiling's in front of us. And a lot of times we don't know it's there, but we're trying to rise. We're just stuck between, you know, what we want and what's there and don't even know what's there is there. That was a lot of craziness no. I just said. Well, I'll go back to something that you said, uh, like, the way you characterized uh, humanistic um, models, I would say the, I characterize it a little differently, which that it's in like the 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 person is whole. I think it's very much the person is always moving toward. Okay, I'll wholeness, agree with that. I think maybe is a better way to put it. Yeah, and that and that you can create the you can be a facilitator for that natural process to occur, right? So so in that sense, I, I don't see it that differently from the this idea of becoming, and. And again, it's, I think it's a, like in, in the context of this episode, for me, it's as different as the rabbi calling Ivanova and saying, hey, have you done Shiva? No. Okay. Let me know when you want to do it and, and I'll come to you. And also, like, I just want you to know that I think it's really important, but I don't want to um, seem like I'm imposing this on you. So, like... I'm a rabbi. This is really important to me. So every now and then I might ask you about it. Um, is that okay? And then, and then kind of leave it at that. And, and from Sinclair, the same thing. It's like, hey, uh, the rabbi came by to talk to me. So if you want the time, it's yours. Yeah. You just let me know. I get that. But that, but you know, but like that's not the position that they took. They were very, yeah, pushy, like I said before, and. And so, I mean, that would have made me like that's how I would have uh, handled the situation. And as a, as a viewer, it would have made me feel sure. more comfortable. But I don't know. Again, it's hard because obviously it bothered Ivanova at the beginning, but eventually, it got her yeah. to break through that yeah. ceiling, right? That she wasn't aware of, and it helped her move forward. And I say move forward in quotes because. I don't know that she was actually suffering because even in the Shiva, she, she was, she was happy and she was remembering her father and, uh, but the, I don't know. I didn't see a moment of like catharsis where she, she I didn't see a transformation sobbing. from the experience. She broke down sobbing. Huh? Yeah. But maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe. Maybe that's the transformation. I don't know. You think you can remember something and yeah, and cry. We don't know that. That again, like it's we're we can only talk about what we sure. what we see of her <laughs> on the show, and she's not a character that we're following along, along constantly. But we don't see the number of times that she's know. beat her pillow it's, it's, in pain <laughs> or cried or cried, right? Or yeah. Or or that or how many times she has not thought about her father? I don't know. I, I feel like I need to add something to the discussion here, and that is, not only is he a ra- he a rabbi, he's her uncle, so that means he's dad's yes. brother. And remember, dad's position on Ivanova is she should never have joined Earth Force. Um, she made a you know mm-hmm. she made a mistake, and it's caused this rift between the two of them, and now 
the only remaining member of her living family, feels obligated to come and see her because maybe they're all they've got right now. Because remember, they said, brother died in the Earth Minbari War, mom killed herself because of Psychor, and dad died, and now uncle is here. So there's yeah. there's a there's a yeah. almost maybe a familial sort of uh, expectation there maybe that's a little bit different than just a patriarchal yeah, I, I, rabbi coming in and doing something. And then going back to Jeff, he's got this long relationship with Ivanova. We don't really know a lot about that backstory, but clearly he cares a lot about her. So even if he's doing the wrong thing, which I might agree he's doing the wrong thing, because maybe you don't just say, "Hey, you're going to be forced to face this." But I've seen that play out in so many different episodes of so many different things where somebody says, you're going to be forced to, mm-hmm. to face this because I said that this is what's good for you. But the other piece is if you think your friend is in trouble, even if you don't have the sort of earmarks to say they're in trouble, maybe your own experience with grief would make you say, yep, yeah, you need to go take the time. It's possible. But and, and I like how you said the word expectation before about the familial responsibilities. There's a lot of uh, assumptions of roles we have to play or assumptions of the, yeah. the way that things have to be. And again, on a personal level, that also bothers me. It's like, well, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't have to grieve the way you want me to grieve. She even said she doesn't practice Judaism anymore. Right. So, like, she doesn't have to, like... She doesn't have to do Shiva. But there are There's, probably people in your family who expect religion. you to be a certain way. And you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, to be fair, I can say that yeah. uh, my family would like to see me grieve a certain way when I experience a death in the family. And I want no part of that grief. I, I don't want to go to the, the big sad party that happens and see people that I wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah. You know, we're coming together over the fact that someone has died and we all had reverence for this person. We all had care for this person. But we didn't have enough care for each other to have been in each other's lives. Just the person that's in front of us. And we make this fake sort of display of how much we care about each other. And, oh, it's good to see you. It's been so long since I've seen you. Can I catch up with you? What's going on in your life? I'll tell you what's going on in my life. And then we roll away from the situation. And then there is no more impetus or motivation to meet up, gather with each other, nothing like that after that happens. We're not in the big chill world. Yuck. <laughs> I might be expressing some of my own uh, some of my own issues around grief and family in the first place. So that's <laughs> I got that impression, Woody. I got that impression. I did. But that did. goes against everything that I've been saying. So now, now I'm in cognitive dissonance and I'm just gonna sit here in my muck here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we get we could get more more personal into it, but yeah, no, I I, I understand. It's uh oh, what's that? Huh. What if that's the connection dun, dun, dun. in the episode? Like the Mutai is a a culture that doesn't. <laughs> You're allow, really no, I'm, reaching. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. But I want to. I want to hear yeah, you. I want to really hear you reaching. go on and expand. Go ahead. <clears throat> okay, let me try. Let me try. Let me try. Okay, so so the 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 Mutai right, is a sacred uh, um, cultural ritual uh, okay. practice, right? 
not just a ritual, but it's like it's like mm-hmm. a, it's like a regular practice that is exclusive to to a certain group of people. And this person is coming from the outside who wants to participate, and he is not welcome because he is not one of us. But then you have uh, Ivanova, who used to be, right? Who used to mm-hmm. identify, right, as Jewish, and now she doesn't anymore. And now the group is trying to pull her back in to do to be a part of a ritual and a practice that she no longer wants a part of. They both end up uh, in in these cultural practices, and they are. I don't know. I'm, no, I'm, you're on a good roll. I really like I it. I don't think so. I'm just. <laughs> I don't. I don't really see it anymore. I I did for a second at the beginning. But it's like looking it's at too one, much of those, of uh, one of those uh, magic eye posters, and you're like, oh, I think I saw Oh, no, I didn't see it. <laughs> nope. There's actually no Z in that word. <laughs> I said, yep. My eyes crossed, and I thought I saw Just something, trick but of the it, light. it didn't. That, nope. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for letting me try, though. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know if the writers honestly really thought that deeply about it. And I think if we put that kind of structure over the top of it, where we find some way to connect two disparate threads, that we'll just be in that postmodern moment of saying, "Well, yeah. it doesn't matter what the writer thought. Here's what I think." Um, yeah, I'm. Sh- I'm sure there's an essay somewhere. That will tie it together, and 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 I'll say, oh, it's so obvious now. <laughs> I'm sure somebody did a Babylon Five philosophy but ultimately, book, and I did a whole chapter on <laughs> on TKO. And if they didn't, then somebody listen, should. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want this to sound like like I don't enjoy our time together, Woody. But there are times when the episode is so good that not even our conversation after. Sure. Is better than the episode, but in this case, our conversation is way better than the episode. Yes, <laughs> I feel no offense. Good, I'm, I'm glad. Sometimes, I mean, like the previous episode, we were excited about it, but generating a discussion about being excited about a show is not always easy, especially not if it's like uh, the last episode was kind of like a, a bringing together of a bunch of threads and making things kind of adding some mystery to the world, but at the same time opening some new threads of discussion. Um, There wasn't a lot to say about it except to get excited about it and geek out about it. This one, I think probably when we're critical about something, (laughs) we have a higher likelihood of being able to have something to talk about. Uh, Well, I I don't think it's that. I think it's that, I think it's that it made us think because really Walker Smith's story, Whatever we were done in like ten minutes, talking about it. There's not really much there. But Ivanova's story, like it, it made us feel some things and it made us think some things. And and we saw it so differently that we're still discussing how differently. So maybe we both from saw that it. angle, the the episode has some value, not because of the episode itself, but because of the conversation it can stir. Absolutely. Plus, again, this is my first sure. time watching these shows. I'm willing to bet. Almost anything that Walker uh, Walker Smith will never appear on the show again, uh, but I think it'll be interesting to see if this had any effect on Ivanova at all. I also doubt it, but <laughs> but I'm in I'm invested in the show. I'm invested in the characters. I'm invested in her as a character. So I'm I'm willing to go along and and see what happens. Did Did you catch the one ad placement? in the entire episode. 
the one ad placement. Huh. This is interesting. Zima. No. What was it? <laughs> Zima. It was Whoa. on one of the walls for sponsoring the Muay Thai. <laughs> Get out of here. Wasn't it funny how at the beginning it's like the Muay Thai is like so sacred. And then at the end it's like on Babylon 5 Sports <laughs> right, Tonight. Right. The first human in Putai history. And some really like, bad what? graphics on that particular uh, That's not the impression. <laughs> I'm telling you, oh, man, watching on a 4K screen is not, this is, oh, this is, it's painful. There was a moment after uh, when Ivanova left uh-huh. the dinner with with her uncle that the, the camera was mm-hmm. uh, pulled back really far so that you saw the, the yep. rabbi alone at the table, and it, like I couldn't. I knew he was there, but it was so blurry that I could see no detail on wow. him. So the better Just our because TVs the resolution get, is, is so the worse we were able to see the things that we used to love. <laughs> I don't have a 4K yeah. TV, so yeah, I no, guess I should 100%. be happy. Sure. 4K TVs are expensive, man. Mine okay. wasn't. Mine wasn't at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I bought it. <laughs> there are lots of 4K TVs that are not expensive. And this one, like you could buy, also okay. buy a small 4K TV. But uh, again, uh, the resolution, like supposedly is HD, but really they just blew up. Oh, yeah, up. you can see the graininess oh. as a result of making it bigger uh, and, and uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yep. so like they zoomed in and blew it up. So it, it already doesn't look great on a 1080p TV. And then 4K is like at least four times. Yeah larger so it's like you're blowing it up times four again it looks really bad i saw part of the episode on my phone oh, I'm sure i didn't think about that, that but way. yeah i'm watching on 70 inch screen maybe and uh, it's not so great yeah 70 I know, inch. on a how big of a screen 70 whoa yeah okay. so i'm watching on a 55 inch at 4k so it's smaller it is a 4K. but it's maybe like again maybe just the resolution completely different Anyway, maybe. Yeah. I mean, anyway, it's it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. It's not. Uh, it's very funny now to watch different things and see when they've been remastered yeah. properly. Or and not. I don't know that we're in a future for where like, Babylon Five is going to be remastered like that. I, I can just hope that Straczynski I, man, will. I really doubt it. Like, unearth it and and revisit it somehow. I don't know. So this is this yes. is a crazy tangent, but we're living today when we're recording this episode. I don't know when this episode will be released, <laughs> but we're living in a time when all of these streaming services are throwing yeah. money at TV shows and yeah. trying to make things exclusive. So my understanding is that Amazon is the only place that has Babylon 5 right now. And maybe they paid to get some, like, some sort of remaster, which is, I think, what we have technically. Um, it may just be the version that came out on DVD or something, but like, like it's yeah. widescreen when it shouldn't be. So it's it's cropped, and I don't know. All that stuff is uh, makes it look worse in a way. But a lot of these channels, they're throwing like, I think, no, Apple said that they're throwing six billion dollars okay. at TV, okay, at exclusive content. We don't know how. I mean, we have an idea of how much Netflix uh, spends, and Disney is like. Disney is unbelievable, all the stuff that they're doing right now, all of the exclusive content. So what I'm saying is that there's got to be an opportunity somewhere with one of these big streaming companies to say, hey, we want the exclusive rights to a to a remaster of yeah. 
Babylon 5. Like Netflix just did that with the show Mm -hmm. Neon Genesis Evangelion, Mm -hmm. which is a very popular anime. And they bought the rights, they remastered it, and they even got like new voice actors for the entire set. Like they completely remade it, and now they're the exclusive place to get that. So I wonder when we saturate, when we get to the point like, you know, we're looking back in time. We're looking at Babylon Five. You're looking at maybe Firefly and 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 some of the other episodes, some of the other shows that struggled so hard to get up there. Stargate, uh, you know, started on HBO and then moved on to Sci-Fi, and there was there was a continual battle as to whether or not these things were going to continue and last. And now we're in a place. Well, the and luckily the Expanse is still going, right? Well, yeah. it was on Sci-Fi for two seasons. They uh, they canceled it. And then it got yeah. picked up by Amazon. So it's like it was fortunate that Amazon is exactly exactly what I'm saying, which has so much money. They're like, you know what? We like that show. We're going to give you a budget. We're also going to let you curse <laughs> on the show now <laughs> and yeah. go crazy with it. So I just wonder when it saturates. When, when you get every channel that you have has something, some piece of content that everybody is excited about, uh, you know, whether it's Game of Thrones or... Battlestar Galactica or whatever, you know, whatever is going to catch people's attention. And you've got 30 different streaming channels. So at some point, it saturates so much that we can't all afford to have all streaming services. We can't guarantee that we're all going to get to see what we want to see. And then we start to have to really pare down and decide what really, really is meaningful to me. That's that's both scary and exciting. We're there. Yeah, I think so. We're there now. We're definitely there now. Like I already don't pay. Like I, I don't pay yep. for all of the subscriptions that I want. I pay for them. Yeah, when and I that want. makes sense too. So like I, I pause Hulu and I pause VRV, which is another one I subscribe to, and then I'll I'll pay for Netflix. I'll turn off DC Universe. Like I'll, I'll switch it up. I'll change because yeah, like I don't. There is enough content in any one of those for me to you know, not need the others. Also, there's not enough time, but there are like, there are more than 30 streaming that, channels. That's true. Pay for. That's true. I mean, <laughs> and again, there are more The last more. one I remember that was yeah. YouTube Red and, you know, coming up with uh, a continuation of Karate Kid, which you never thought you'd even care about. Now suddenly, yeah, I, I haven't seen Cobra it. Kai. I don't know anything about it. Season I just two. have kind of a, a semi-interest in seeing it because I really enjoyed Karate Kid and because I think that they're doing something interesting. But I can't afford all these streaming services. I've got to stop at some point, and I'm yeah. rewatching things rather than watching new things for the most part. Yeah. I'm rewatching Babylon Five. I'm rewatching uh, Next Gen in order <laughs> to get ready for Picard when it comes out. Um, rewatching Parks yeah. and Rec just because yeah. I want something that's going to be fun for the whole family. Yeah, I, I think I think this is less of a problem for the consumers and more of a problem for the companies yeah because they're they continue to split the pie when babylon 5 was on the air a show yeah so more way more people were watching one show like a a successful Mm -hmm. show is getting way more viewers per episode than than things that are available now yeah and even now we see that video games are making more money than uh tv shows and movies they, yeah. they do, and movies, so and sports, our, one and of our favorite else. sort of medias yep. is taking a back seat a little bit, and at the same time growing, which is just crazy. 
Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, I could go into yes, that. We're, we're, that's not what the show's about. We're a Babylon about. 5 show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, it really it just we comes down until to 10 minutes ago. Babylon 5 is the tangent off which we <laughs> discuss things. And, and uh, that's pretty exciting that there's enough content, even in bad episodes, that we can have discussions. Yeah. So yeah. what is no, next absolutely. on this trip that we're on here? I just want to take a look at it real quick. The next episode is uh, yeah. Grail. I don't give answers. Is that a good one? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, this was this was fun. This was way more fun than I thought we it was going to be. And way longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, well, it was, it was so. good that we that we had I such different so. experiences. Um, that's that's yeah, always exciting. exciting. Um, I, I'm looking forward to. I mean, I know it's two weeks away, but I'm looking forward to the next one. <laughs> I know, but we've all got uh, two we've weeks. Both got things that are pulling us in all these different directions. All right, Mister Six me, Podcasts in one weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem, but uh, I can make time. All right. Well, I'll say it's my problem then. I can't make time because I've got so many things that I'm working on right now. <laughs> all right. I know. I know, man. But I love talking to you, Josue, and I love talking to all the people out there, although we're not talking. You know, I, I imagine that you're saying things to me and I'm saying things back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whenever this episode comes out, I hope so. Hopefully, yes. we'll you know we'll have some conversations going. It's gonna be really interesting to po- to tell people when hopefully we record. Hopefully, it's not gonna be too long now. It's on, it's on my <laughs> upcoming agenda for the next two or three weeks to get one or two episodes out. I'm gonna tell you something when we stop recording that will definitely, uh, <laughs> I think, accelerate that timeline. Are we going to leave this piece in there? <laughs> I guarantee it. Oh, that's right. I'm the editor. You can leave it in. It. You're, you're going to edit this. You can leave that in. I figured maybe if you were yeah. the one recording, you'd be yeah. the editor. You can leave it in. It's fine. <laughs> but then you're not going to edit it all is what's going to happen. No. I mean, you won't like how I edit. <laughs> I I oh, told okay. you I'm done editing. I'm just going to release them as all is. Right. Yep. That's how they get out into the world, Woody. That's how people listen to the episodes. <laughs> when they're published. <laughs> Of course, I also I only bring it up and say it every single week to guilt you into uh, editing and publishing. (laughs) So, oh, okay, all right, got you. (laughs) Okay, I I see you. Fair enough. I'm coming for you. (laughs) Do we have an outro for this thing yet? Do we have a catchy uh, catchphrase? Uh, Catchy catchphrase (laughs) for the end. Just okay. You know, All it's right. just a basic. Well, someday. Thanks for hanging out with us. We had a great time, and we look forward to uh, seeing you again on Conspiracy of Light. There you go. I like it. <laughs> you get to hit the stop button.